<laughs> is it real? Is it possible? Can it be? That the Adam St. Germain we've all heard so much about picked up his phone. Can it? I believe it's real. Let me oh, check. shit. Shit's real, son. Shit is real. <laughs> so real. Holler. What's, what's up? up there, Scott Sullivan? I'm just doing the uh, annual or weekly, bi-weekly, figuring out why my headphones sound distorted uh, check, which is fun, oh, boy. fun to do. But it, I think it's good now. I think I'm in a good place uh, with the headphones. Oh, God. Okay, so, so let's 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 get right into it. This is the talk show. Let's 5. go. 1, Hit it. 5.5 slash 6. Wait. Wait. Yes. What is this? I said it's the talk show. It's the talk show? Is it not? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to the talk show. It's a podcast. <laughs> it is a podcast. We checked. We weren't sure, so we had to run a few diagnostics. It turns out that's what it is. Yeah. 100%. It's 100%. All beef patties. I don't know what that means. All beef patties <laughs> all the time. So this is episode 5.5 slash 6 for a reason, and I wasn't sure how we were going to get into this part of the story. I oh, we just got to dive right in. Let's hit it. Okay, so we did a mini episode. And chaos ensued. <laughs> That's a under, that is an understatement, Scott Sullivan. I can't even play bits of it for the good people out there. I don't think. I might drop in a clip at, in, po in post-production, my friend. But I'm not sure because it's very disorienting. Now, we, we have a, a – I, I don't know if the word fan is fair, but we have a, a listener, fan, friend – Co-worker Let's of say Adams. Friend of, friend of the podcast. Friend of the pod. <laughs> yeah. Uh, prefers, he's, a, he's an FOP. Yeah. For, prefers his name to be said Matt Noel. Noel. <laughs> this is my understanding. Uh, and he was, I don't know, how much of this do you want me to tell? I want you to tell your version what you heard, and then I will fill in all the details for you. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is this is what I heard. This is my interpretation. Uh, I call Adam St. Germain. Uh, he's, we've arranged the time for the talk show. Uh, I, I phone him. He's in California at, uh, I believe, is safe to say, sponsor of the show, specialized, <laughs> is having an event. Uh, work conference, something that hit him and Matt both have to go to, but there's also a biking event that they're going to do. And so I'm, I'm calling Adam on the day that I think is like the morning after the conference, but the morning before the sporting event. And my understanding as this chaos ensues is that I, I'm talking to Adam and I'm saying, okay, so you know, let's, we're starting the podcast. Let's, let's talk to Matt. Like, what's going on? And then, like, literally two seconds into it, Matt's trying to explain how Adam couldn't use the microphone right. So he has to sit in some weird corner of the room and they have to, like, do some audio shielded conference call. And then a knock on the door happens. And then the knock on the door 
pulls Adam away. So now me and Matt, who don't know each other, uh, other than uh, social media interaction related to this podcast, which he's not even sure he was willing to commit to saying he listens to. <laughs> um, he, I mean, but you know, you can't, I mean, you can't blame him, right? Like, I <laughs> no, I, I not at all. But I, I think just through context that, clues, it was revealed. He listens to more than he was willing to say. <laughs> Cause, <he> had, <laughs> Cause the guy had some takes. Uh, he had some takes that he would not be able to have if he doesn't actually listen uh, is my, Okay. All right. All right. And uh, so he's he's stuck in some corner of the room in your hotel room, <laughs> and uh, and and the knock on the door is uh, I think from what I could tell, ho- the hotel saying you didn't rent this room, this specific room for the entire number of nights you intend to stay here. So you're actually past <laughs> checkout, and you need to leave. <laughs> To which I think you may have said something like, dude, I'm recording a podcast. And that's when Matt chimed in (laughs) with a number of statistics he made up uh, about the listenership and about the fact that maybe uh, it was possible that that everyone who listens to the podcast was already in that hotel room. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right, let me ba- let me back you up. You missed a couple of things here. Please do. One, there there were actually, well, first the the part about me not getting the microphone to work correctly, spot on, no doubt, one hundred percent accurate, total failure on my behalf. Okay. I will so- say, I will say, talk show's official sound engineer Scott Sullivan recommended that I use a program called Call Recorder. You've heard him mention it a number of times. He also was kind enough to send me a microphone to do these things. Here's where uh, Scott Sullivan, official sound engineer of the show, um, (laughs) fell a little short. Number one, Call Recorder is a program specifically for Macs. So on my Windows laptop, it's useless. and the Yeti microphone that he was so kind to send, beautiful piece of equipment. Apparently, there's <laughs> Shout like out to future eight, sponsor Yeti, by the way, on that note. That's, that's right. Uh, there's 18 different hoops you have to jump through to get that thing to work with Windows 10. So mm. Yeti, if you're listening, which I know you are, help a brother out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> bring, uh, it. bring it on so, a higher level for that, I guess, is, there, is the, the note. So to... to Solve this issue of a failed microphone. I sent Matt Newell into <laughs> Newell. the the other room because we were in a condo, so there's actually separate rooms. So I sent him into the other room and closed the door, and then I skyped him into the call, same as you. And um, so there we have it. Yeah, the Shortly thereafter, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. What happened after that? That's where it gets hot. <laughs> Shortly after, one, I realized my microphone on my headphones is not working anyway, so I'm essentially useless on the podcast. Then there's a knock at the door, knock number one, and I open the door, and it's housekeeping, and they say, (laughs) hey, you're supposed to check out, and I was like, nah, I ain't checking out. I'm here, and they're like, no, you're supposed to check out. I was like, it's cool. I'll call the front desk. They're like, okay, so they leave. Two minutes goes by. The, the episode is all being recorded in this time. Uh, I'm, sitting, I'm sitting down, you know, I'm like, get back up to the computer, ready to rock and roll. And then there isn't a knock at the door, 
but the door magically opens and it is some man and his wife. And I was like, Oh, and he's like, Oh, and I was like, what's up? And he's like, well, this this is my room. And I was like, no, this is my room. And he's like, my key work. And I was like, so does mine. <laughs> oh, good comeback to that, I guess. I so then, guess. so I went to I went to talk to him in the hall, and I was like, "Look, there's a mistake, and they think we're leaving this room, but we're not leaving this room." Um, and then we're chatting, whatever. And then while I'm chatting with this guy, the fucking phone rings in the room. <laughs> so I run, I'm like, "I'm like, excuse me, sir, I have to go answer this phone call." And it's the front desk, and the front desk is like, yo, you're supposed to be out of that room. And I was like, there must be some mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Something must be wrong. Although everything to seems he, to make sense. To, to which he informs me, no, sir, there is no mistake. You are supposed to be out of this room. And then he informs me that I was actually supposed to be out of that room two and a half hours earlier um, <laughs> than, than the time it was. And I said, I said okay, sure. So then I, I go back out into the hall and I'm like, hey, I just got the phone at the front desk. They're going to get it sorted out. I'm going to get my stuff out of here. Housekeeping's going to clean it up for you. Don't worry. I only farted in the couch twice. It's okay. Have a great day. <laughs> uh, and then the guy's like, he's yeah. like, oh, cool. No problem. Not your fault. Are you doing the race tomorrow? I was like, yeah, totally. He's like, all right, good luck. I was like, I'll see you out there. <laughs> oh, so he's a fan. Fan of the, he's a fan. Of the sport. Maybe not of the so, show. Did you ask him if yeah, he was aware right. of the talk show? I, I didn't get there. I didn't get there. Okay, because it was so, being recorded during that interaction. <laughs> so, someday he'll find out that he was so close to greatness. He was, um, he was almost talk show, like, you know, celeb. So then I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm like, that's when I'm like, Scott, got to go. Shit just got crazy. We got it. We got code red. So I called my roommate, Patrick who we've talked about on the show before. He's the guy that broke his leg, allegedly. And, oh, um, yeah, he's the guy with the fake broken leg. I know that guy. That's right. That's right, yep. We should have so him call, on the like, show with, without the leg <laughs> issue. But. So we, uh, I call him, I'm like, I'm like, Pat, code red. we got to get our shit out of here. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, all these things just happened. He's like, okay, I'm coming up. So he comes up. <laughs> we pack We pack up. I will just say that Patrick had three different bicycles in the room. I had no bicycles. He had three bicycles. Three bikes. Along with all his other stuff. In the room that you were staying. That's right. Yep. Yep. And for what purpose? Would you, would you need that you know, on the trip? I we, we we will have to uh we will have to have him on the show and ask him because I was questioning that myself. I could see uh, using a bike on your trip, obviously. Using maybe even two bikes on your trip if you're doing some something kinda I guess interesting or you know you're doing multiple events on a, on a short trip, but that, I mean, three bikes. What's the third one for? You got a beer bike when you go to the hotel? I mean, look, I think all it boils down to is that shit's excessive. You know, that's all there is to it. <laughs> shit is a little bit shit, excessive. Shit is excessive. So <laughs> uh, I'm like, all right, code red. And now, look, we got nowhere to bring any of our luggage. So I'm like, well, I'll just go stuff it all in the in the rental car. That's what we'll do. <laughs> So we stuff it in the rental car. We put Pat's stuff in his car because he drove there. No more than 30 minutes later, the front desk calls Pat. And they're like, hey. They're like, Pat, we've got your room sorted out. We got you squared away for 
for Friday night and Saturday night, you're all set. He's like, great. Where am I staying? And then they tell us, room 407C. Don't tell me that's the room you're in the whole time. Same fucking room. Oh, fuck those guys. <laughs> that's not cool <laughs> at all. <laughs> like you were, Same you were, room. Here's my take on that. I, I think from what I can tell, you were being, you and, you and Matt, Noel, <laughs> who may or may not be involved in the room. You guys probably were being a little bit belligerent, <laughs> but maybe I don't, not. I don't, in the I, end, maybe I was, not. I was, no, I was so kind and I was so gracious. I was nice to everybody I dealt with. They were just idiots. Yeah, they, so. they bone that. And also, by the way, can, okay, let's, we're going to do something special here. Let's shout out the name of this place. Where were you? Well, starting? here's the thing. I've. I'll shout out the name. They were actually fantastic. It's a great resort. Highly oh, recommended. Oh, the backtracking. I'll just say they fucked up the logic. That's all there is to it. They it was did. a mistake. They fucked something up, for sure. Yeah. But, um, uh, so- anyway, we were at, <laughs> we were at North, North Star is the name of the resort. Okay, North Star in, uh, what is it, Truckee, wherever the hell it Truckee, California. Okay, North Star in Truckee, California. I'm not giving you full blast because it sounds like you don't deserve it. But you did fuck up episode 5.5 of the podcast, and I'm not cool with that. Because <laughs> we were about to mm-hmm. get into it. It was going to appear to the general public that there's at least one motherfucker that listens to this shit, and you messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> so now, I mean, as far as the, the general public is concerned, Matt Newell is a myth. And we actually have no listeners. It's too bad. You know? <laughs> we made this guy up. And do you want to shout out anything about uh, Matt from that weekend? I mean, he, he made a couple comments on the show about, you know, listening to the show, what he was there for. But, like, it, he was there for an event. Are we, are we going to talk about that or just let it be his thing? Well, I mean, here's the, here's the deal. Here's the deal. First, shout out to – the thing I actually wanted to talk to, uh, talk to Matt on the show about is I wanted to, I wanted to put him on the spot – and put him on blast, he is 100%, not 99, not 98, 100% responsible for me starting CrossFit. So that's on him, okay? Yeah, yeah. and that deserves a segment unto itself. (laughs) Oh, totally, totally. That's all, it is is entirely his fault. That said, uh, while we were there, Matt and I got to the got to the gym and stayed active during our sales meeting four out of five days. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, oh, you, and Friday, we got, we got to the gym. You guys had some sales wads? Sales wads, sales wads. <laughs> yeah, so uh, shout out to CrossFit Truckee because they were awesome. And, uh, and Matt because he was, you know, kept the motivation high even though he didn't necessarily want to go to the gym every day. I made him so it was good to have a partner. But the big thing is, Matt, uh, off the couch, more or less, we t- we talked him into signing up to race a 50k or 31 <laughs> mile mountain bike race. Hell and, yeah! And uh, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do that shit." And so we we're like, "Let's do this!" And so he signed up, and you know, he finished. He was stoked. He he pretty much rode the time that he was hoping to ride. Uh, for the event, so like kudos to him, hats off, well done. I think Hell he yeah. said later that it was the 
the single hardest day on the mountain bike in his entire life. <laughs> wow. And <laughs> so, you, you know, to put it into perspective. Yeah, if you've been around and you're mountain biking on a regular basis, that's that's saying something. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he chopped wood and he carried water, man. Sure enough. Sure enough. <laughs> he, um, after episode. the after the finish, we've we've all been there. We've all had those days for sure. After the finish, he completely had the thousand yard stare. So we're all hanging out at the finish line, <laughs> eating some snacks, whatever. Yeah. And he was just, he was lost in space somewhere. <laughs> I've been there, man. I've, I, I, so. I've had some good results in, in races. I can't remember where I could not put a sentence together at the end of it. <laughs> you know, yeah. For a so, while. So, uh, so yeah, kudos to him. He, he went deep on that one for sure. Super fan Matt Newell. Um, kudos to you. <laughs> Matt Newell, and, and and so I'm going to take this opportunity, Scott. Mm-hmm. In uh, in in Matt's honor, we're, I'm going to give you two lifts and a lie. Oh shit! Does he like? He might, I would hope that I'll, he would like this segment because this seems like it's up his. Well, effort. like look here. Here's the secret: nine times out of ten, he actually gives me the two lifts and a lie. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> <laughs> is he is he either happy or annoyed that I usually win? <laughs> uh, I well, I mean, he gets a kick out of it either way, especially okay, the day good. that I that I screwed screwed it up and gave you three real things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that so, was that was a good right. one. Okay, go. Are you ready? I, I'm I'm so ready, born ready. Just just a reminder to everybody listening: it is either a a lift slash movement or the name of a workout. Okay. That's right. That's right. We're trying to fish to, to out some fake CrossFit activity from some real CrossFit activity. Two, two are real. One, not so real. Um, okay. Number one, Cossack squat. <laughs> okay. That's cool. Number two, the seven. And number three, Pendlay Curl. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Did we lose Scott Sullivan? Is he gone? Can you hear me now? Oh, he's back. Okay, there was a minor a minor issue that is resolved. Okay, so I need to hear the three lifts and a lie again because I got distracted by the, that dropout in the sound for a second. Okay, number one, Cossack squat. That sounds real. Okay, go on. Number two, the seven. The seven. The seven. Okay. And number three, Pendlay curl. <laughs> I don't even understand what you just said. <laughs> what was that? Pendlay. Pen, pen. You want me to spell it? Yeah, I think so. I think that would help All right. everybody out there in talk show land if you spell that. P E N D L E Y. Pendlay. Pendlay. 
Oh man, this is tough. I love. <laughs> can I just say I love this game? <laughs> I think it's a good game. It's a solid uh, stuff. The Cossack squat. I mean, I don't know. Cossacks is a real part of your body. Squat's a real thing you do. It would be cool if it connected to the complicated squat squad, which we are establishing. <laughs> um, oh, I mean, it, 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 yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then the middle one, I can't remember anymore. What was the middle one? Uh, the seven. Hmm. That's suspicious, but also sounds like the kind of bullshit some gym would make up. And it'd be like seven things that they like to do all the time. And then the last thing I can't even, I still can't remember what that was. It was so complicated. Pendley <laughs> Row. Pendley Row. I feel like Pendley... Oh, pen, Pendley, Pendley Curl. Curl. Oh, okay, because Pendley Row is a place. That's not an exercise for sure. <laughs> pen, <laughs> Pendley Curl sounds like it could be an exercise. Oh shit! This is a, this is the best one you guys have come up with yet, and I say you guys because I I'm guessing Matt made this up. Yeah. Oh no, he he totally did. Yeah. Oh, he's getting better at this. He was pretty bad at it out of the gate. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm at a loss. I'm I'm guessing the middle thing, the the sevens or whatever it is. I'm guessing right, final that, answer the the seven. Yeah, I'm taking that. You, sir, are wrong. Ah, uh, finally I've lost. Now, now can yeah. I, wait, wait, before you tell me the answer, can I guess, Can I make, take a second guess? Sure. The squat. No, wrong again. <laughs> I was way off, okay. <laughs> Double wrong, yeah. Okay, so, uh, first, first of all, you said that the, the Cossack is a part of the body, which I don't know what the hell nursing school you went to because Cossacks. it was definitely not part of the body. I, I thought you were saying Cossacks, which That's is not a what part I said. Google that shit. <laughs> well, I just I just want you to know that the that the Cossacks are a group of predominantly East Slavic speaking people who became known as members of democratic, self-governing, semi-military communities, <laughs> predominantly located in Eastern and Southern Ukraine and in Southern Russia. I want you to know that you're a member of a predominantly poor enunciating community from wherever you're from. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say coxic. That's a whole different thing. Hey, your enunciation game was, you know, okay. Wow, uh, this bananas. All right, so coxic squat <laughs> is uh, obviously part of hashtag complicated squat squad. Hell yeah. But you, uh, you stand with your feet very wide apart. And then you essentially lunge to one side, and then you come back up, and then to the other. So one one leg stays straight, and you squat on the other leg. Just Google it; you'll figure it out. Um, the, <laughs> yeah, that's dope. the the that's the seven is a real workout, um, which is a hero workout uh, named after seven CIA officers who are posted in a remote base in. Southeastern Afghanistan, and it is workout is seven rounds, four times. Scott's favorite phrase. Oh yeah, four times. Seven, seven handstand push-ups. <laughs> Why is that a seven, joke? I don't understand. 
don't know. I don't know why that's <laughs> seven thrusters, seven knees to elbows, seven deadlifts, seven burpees, seven kettlebell swings, and seven pull-ups. I'm mad because I knew what that was. I said that, right? Like I essentially said this this is like this yeah, is you seven did. bullshit thing. Yeah, I uh, so you, mad at myself. You did. I had a chance. And then pen delay curl, obviously we established, is not a real thing. Uh, it is It is really a pen delay row is the movement. Okay, but can we – let's just say this. You said pen delay row the first time, right? No, I said pen delay curl said, and then – No, you said, the, it, you said it wrong the, the first time and then you changed it. Didn't no, no, no. The first time, I, the first time I said it right. The second time I said it right. The third time you asked me to repeat it, I said it wrong. <laughs> okay, okay. So, something was fishy about that because I was like, I think he changed the story in there, and now I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I did apologize to the grammar police out there. I did spell it wrong. It is P E N D L A Y. Pendley. Pendley. Pendley, bro. All right, there you go. That's your uh, so, not bad. I think you're still three for three and one. Three and three one. Out of four. So you're you're okay. I'm telling you, I'm a little, wor- right. I'm a little worried that Matt's figuring out how to trick me. So I'm at, yeah, he's <laughs> the, got he's got your number now, man. You're the game's is gonna have to escalate from here. But yep. uh, I yep. got I got yep. a question for you, Adam. Right off the bat here. Uh, to, okay. To, to dive then in. I, as soon as you're done with your question, I'll tell you about our new sponsor. Okay, I got a I got a stupid question for you. I might even cut this out. So I'm gonna make a, a tag here. Beep. Okay, but in between the beeps. Do you hear distortion in my voice or is it clear? I think your voice sounds fine. Okay, good. Then I'm gonna ignore the distortion in my headphones because I can't figure out how to get rid of it. So that that's the end of that segment that I may cut out. Beep. Okay, and now we're back. <laughs> and so you've been active on Facebook lately, and I haven't read all the posts, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you've been active on Facebook lately advocating to some degree for e-bikes. First of all, before we go any further, yeah. is that a fair Wait characterization? A yeah, I would, I would just like to say this next segment regarding e-bicycles, electric bicycles, slash e-assist bicycles, this segment is made possible by a brand new sponsor, a product I've been using myself for the last month while training for the Vermont 50. Um, it's a new nutrition bar out on the market. It is organic. Uh, it is gluten-free. Damn. Contains a really good mix of uh, carbs, protein, and fat. So you can really just, you know, have one. It'll slowly burn. Carbs are so long good. Endurance events. I love carbs. So good. You need those carbs. Um, so, really fantastic product. Number of good flavors. Uh, I've been drinking. I mean, I've been eating the uh, the chocolate flavor the most. Um, doesn't really melt in my pocket. So so far so good. Um, and the, their wrapper, the big thing um, from their from the from their business is that the wrapper is biodegradable. So Damn. you don't have to worry about those foil foil wrappers. Uh, being in the trash or plastic and all that shit like that. So, so you can just throw them on the ground. Uh, Does that mean you can just throw them on the ground? Or am I, uh, should I not have yeah, asked that? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you you could. Yeah, you could. You might want maybe like just tuck it behind a tree or something like that. Yeah. Um, 
Don't be so a dick about it. Everybody, uh, check out when you get JF and you're on the internet. Check out tpbars.com. Tpbars. That's that's the letter T, the letter P, bars.com. And it's it's, a, it's good that you bring this up, Adam, right now because I have a sponsor I need to talk to people about real quick. It's going to be real fast. Uh, people out there, you like drinking beverages, right? But we all agree, fuck straws, right? Like straws are just fucked up, okay? So straws that aren't made out of plastic, metal straws, aluminum straws, straws you can get on the internet. Uh, this episode is brought to you by, uh, you know, reusable straws, because fuck straws. And uh, yeah, that was our sponsor for, <laughs> for this week. <laughs> fuck straws. <laughs> fuck straws. Yeah. Okay. And uh, back to the action. We were trying to talk about e-bikes. Let's get into it. What What do I need to know? This is from like my, like I retired from being an, a real active member of the bike racing community or the bike, you know, sort of advocating community. I still love bikes, but I haven't been an active part of that community. And now there's this new development. What, what do I need to know, Adam? Give me a primer. Well, so I would say over the last, what year is it? 2019? I would say over like the last six years, um, e-bicycles or e-assist bicycles um, have really gained some prominence in the market. Um, in all seriousness, it's like a really, it's a really awesome bike for people to buy if they're maybe they're aging out of riding like the way they used to, or maybe they're new to riding and they're intimidated by it or they're recovering from an injury or whatever. I mean, you could argue any 6,000 different versions of why an e-bike is good for, um, is good for people. So that's that. Um, there's not much debate about e-assist bicycles or, or e-bikes in general on the road or on bike paths and things like that. There is a gargantuan debate about e-assist bicycles on mountain bike trails. And I'm going to ask um, you, I'm going to be the proxy for the audience and ask you right away, why is that so different? Why does that bring up so much feeling for some people? Well... Uh, there's a number of arguments from advocates and trail users and grouchy old mountain bikers and concerned citizens and, you know, a really large range of people. So, um, some people will say they're worried about the additional impact on the trail from a bicycle with a, uh, with a motor attached to it. Okay. Okay. Some people will say that there's too much of a speed differential between an electric assist mountain bike and a regular mountain bike or a trail runner or a dog walker or a hiker or a horse or whatever, given, depending on the trail network. Um, some people will say that people on e-bikes are likened to snowboarders from the 80s and they don't follow rules and they're a bunch mm -hmm. of idiots and they're going to ruin the sport. And some people get hung up on the fundamental, like to the letter that because it is a bicycle with a motor on it, that it is therefore a motorized vehicle. And 
human powered trails are usually closed to motorized vehicles and therefore e-bikes should not have access to those trails. Those are kind of like the main points uh, that people make against them. That's interesting. I I don't know that I have an opinion on this subject, but I think when I think about it, like just on the spot, like I, I like to go mountain biking. I like to go in the woods. I've been mountain biking in places where there's shared use with motorized vehicles. And I don't know that, I mean, I know there's a lot of, like, from a conservancy standpoint, there are people who make arguments about conserving the trails and what types of devices affect, right? You know, like, the, the future use and stuff. So I know there's some different oh, perspectives. For sure, for these sure. e-bikes, I think, are, I don't know. I've never ridden one. I'm not, I mean, the closest thing I've seen and haven't even used is in Austin. We have those jump bikes, which are sort of e-assisted uh, commuter bikes you can ride. Oh, yeah, those are assi- assisted bikes. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So that's like my closest familiarity. Uh, and I just kind of wonder what, I, I don't know. I, I think I could see a role for the e-bike, in my mind, as a really great commuter tool. I'm a little confused just because I'm like, you know, now I sound like the old guy. But I, I just, for mountain biking, like, where's the fun in that? And I would like to hear from your standpoint, someone who maybe knows more about it than me. Like, what is the what is the fun part? It allows you to go for longer. It allows you to maybe, well. So what's so, the fun? In it? Yeah. So let's say Scott Sullivan, you're a, you're a fit individual, right? So you're going to go out for um, a mountain bike ride, and you're going to ride, you know, for a couple hours or whatever, right? So you're going to cover ten miles of trail. We'll just say. Okay. So now what if you still have those same two hours because you're, you know, an adult, you got a kid, you got a job, whatever. Um, So now in two hours, you can ride uh, more trails, right? You could ride 15 miles in the same two hours because you went a a little bit faster. Or if you're not limited by time, you can still ride the same speed, the same five miles an hour you were riding before, but you can do four hours instead of two hours because you've got the assist to ride further. So, you know, you, you can say, like, the fun is that you get to ride more trails in the same amount of time. You get to ride further on a given day. You can, depending on where you live, you don't have to drive to the trailhead now. You can ride your e-bike to the trailhead, okay. ride the That's trails cool. that you normally would have rode, ride back. Um, or maybe, Scott, you're not so fit, right? Mm-hmm. but you're, you're friends with me and I have a, I have a long history of mountain biking and you're like, man, I really want to ride. <laughs> I've been, I want to ride with, I've been in that well, position like, on I'll... a few occasions. <laughs> you're like, I want to, I want to ride with my friend. Like it'd be way more fun if I could ride with my friend, this will be awesome. So now you can ride the e-mountain bike and you can keep up with your friends that, that are maybe, you know, a little bit faster on the climbs or a little bit stronger or something like that. Sure. So I'm, I mean, there's tons of applications. It's a, as to why, I mean, there's a guy, um, there's a guy in New Hampshire, I forget his name. Um, he's hopefully going to do a Ted talk soon actually about this, but he has Parkinson's disease. He's, um, he's confined to a wheelchair. He can't really walk. Um, he could like maybe make it across the room, like if he had to, but he uses a wheelchair, uh, except he can ride a bicycle. No problem. And on an e-bike, he can, he rode up, uh, Mount Washington, last 
August. So if you've never been up Mount Washington, it's the tallest peak in the Northeast. It's 6,400 something feet. The, the road is an average of 8%. It's dirt. I mean, it's an absolute horror of a climb on a bicycle. It's incredibly steep and challenging. And this dude could do it. And so now for him, he feels like he doesn't have a disease and he's not limited and he's just a dude riding his bike. And so it normalizes wow. his life for him. So he, That's pretty he's cool. stoked, right? So, so you're going to, I mean, like, so now in that case, you're going to tell that guy he can't ride the trails? Like, so. Is there, and I'm, I'm playing the, I got to be the person playing the role of the audience that doesn't know that much about this topic. Like, is there a strong resistance to, is, is there a lot of people making moves to try to ban those from, from trails in New England or in, in areas throughout the yeah. country? Particularly, particularly in New England, they are really adamant about it. What's interesting, so here's what's super interesting. In the rest of the United States, a lot of mountain bike trails exist in um, wilderness lands and national forests. Right. And in the eyes of the, the federal government, an e-bike is a motorized vehicle, and there are no motorized vehicles allowed anywhere in wilderness. They actually go so far that if you are going to do trail maintenance or build a trail or whatever in a, in a wilderness area, you can't use a chainsaw. You can't use, like, there's wow. no motorized equipment whatsoever. you got to do all that's, that shit by hand. It's pretty serious. So, which I can kind of get behind. Like, now you're totally preserving that space and, like, that's cool. I'm into it. Um, and I don't think anybody's arguing that you should be able to ride your bicycle or, or e-bike anywhere you absolutely please. Like, that's kind of ridiculous, too. Um, these things should be, you know, managed appropriately. But anyway, so IMBA, the International Mountain Bike Association, they said, hey, we totally support Class 1 e-mountain bikes. They're fine. Go for it. Have fun. They're the same as riding a bicycle. Class 1 uh uh, class one e-bike is a bike that has assist, so you have to pedal it. There's no throttle. Uh, it has assist up to 20 miles an hour, and mm -hmm. if you go faster than 20 miles an hour, the motor will not assist you anymore. So now you're just under your own steam. Gotcha. Um, so if Imba says, you know what, it's cool, we don't care. Um, NEMBA, the New England Mountain Bike Association, they have adopted the policy that um, – these bikes are, in their eyes, illegal because they are motorized vehicles. It's a bicycle with a motor, and therefore it is motorized. Okay. Which is, in my opinion, is asinine. However, I don't want to get names onto the podcast too specifically about this because everyone deserves a chance to speak. But do, do we have a friend who is a voice in NIMBA? Am I right in thinking that? Uh,. We can talk about it. I mean, I think I think I know a yeah. guy who's pretty high up in that organization, but I don't know anymore if that's true. Oh, I mean, there's so the way NEMBA works in New England is that there's various chapters. So like NEMBA is the umbrella. I think the Rhode state. Island chapter I have a contact with. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we definitely I'm sure I'm sure we do. And so. Um, so that's the, that's the directive from the top down in NEMBA. Once you get at the, into the chapter level, it's it's very different. Some are totally opposed. Some don't give a shit. Some are welcoming. So it really, gotcha. it, it's really, 
it's pretty divisive, which is unfortunate. Um, the states in New England and throughout the country are working to adopt what's called the class system, uh, which is kind of an unfortunate name. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't uh, sound great. <laughs> yeah, so they're trying they're trying to adopt this class system. So here's the most important thing: they identify class one uh, bikes and they identify class two bikes and they identify class three bikes. And then they make stipulations about where or where you cannot use them. What's critical to that whole thing, the whole class system, is that they identify electric bikes as their own entity. So they're no longer a motorized vehicle. They are now considered an electric bicycle. Or uh, I think in, in New Hampshire, they're called an electric, or they're called, or called a motor-assisted cycle. So, which is, you know, okay. some legally speak, but that is very but anyway, <laughs> sounding. But it, but, but I get right, it. Right, but it's it's but as soon as they're not considered a motorized vehicle in the eyes of the law, it totally changes the implications of where they can or cannot be granted access based on the laws of that land, so on and so forth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's interesting. So in this in the state of Vermont, the state says the class one bike, so again, assisted up to twenty miles an hour is considered a bicycle, has the same rights and access as an analog or acoustic bicycle. I then think, it trickles down to the town. I feel like that's to fair town. because a, a high-level guy like an Adam St. Germain could make that bike go that speed if he really wanted to. So well, that's with or without right? make the motor. Any bike go that fast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, with or without the motor, so, you could accomplish that level of movement. You know, Totally, yeah. totally. So... Um, and then it trickles down to, uh, so that's the state, the state's point of view. Uh, and then it trickles down to the town and or the land manager, like wherever those, the trail network is, and they can decide, yes, they're okay. No, they're not okay. Uh, we're going to hide our head in the sand and not have an answer one way or the other. <laughs> we're going to avoid an opinion at all costs. That's yeah, I mean, that's, that's a lot of places have actually taken that approach. Like people that are not so adamant and they don't want to get involved. They're just like, they just kind of like shrug and we're just like, nah, whatever. Right. Interesting. So now more to the point that we talked about yesterday is that Specialized uh, just released a electric assisted road bicycle. I saw a picture uh, on either you or Matt's feed or both. Yeah, probably both. So, um, so, so uh, which begs the question that, uh, you know, there's been a rumor in professional cycling for like the last decade or 15 years that the professionals have been cheating or motor doping. Motor doping. Motors. Yeah, hidden motors inside their bikes, and that's how they've, they've won certain races. And then there's a guy in Europe who goes so far as to say that in 1998, he was paid $2 million to exclusively give his motor technology to a undisclosed team and not to anyone else for 10 years. Yeah. So. Can't, can't imagine who might be, uh, you know, in the conversation for, for who that was. I mean, I would, I would hate to make assumptions. Could only no, speculate on who it. might have been doing some interesting bike racing at that time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think I, so. Somebody, a friend of mine texted me the other day. He's like, he's like, wait, I saw this new bike. Does that pretty much mean that 
this confirms all the rumors about motors that have been in road bikes for years. And I was like, did you ever doubt it in the first place? <laughs> yeah, that's what, I mean, literally, like, I think I sent you a message to that effect the other day where I was like, Adam, remember when we were watching all those videos about Cancellar or this guy or that guy had a motor in their bike when they won Roubaix or whatever it was? Was that shit real? Because <laughs> at this point... Shit was real. Shit seems to yep. be real. Like, they had to develop this stuff somewhere. It had to get into the hands of professionals at some point. It seems real. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it is 100% real. It is now available widely to the public. What's super cool about these new, this, like, new, new crop of, like, electric road bikes is that you can do really big rides. Like, you can do 100, 120-mile rides and the battery will last the whole time. So like, I mean, you can go out there and crush it for the whole day, which is so, awesome. So here's my question so. as like someone who really has only ever had an analog bike. I don't know. I've spent no time studying this. So, you know, how much of the time, let's say you do a hundred miler on this new specialized bike. And, we, and again, we are sponsored by specialized allegedly, but <laughs> if Brand non-brand specific, but if you're on one of let, let's just use that one because you know that product. If you're on that bike, if yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you sure. say a hundred miles, obviously the terrain is going to be variable, and I would imagine that matters. But let's just use you know a hundred miles as a generality. How much of the time are you powering the bike with your own uh, wattage, and how much of the time is the bike assisting you? And and is there any way to like actually quantify that, or am I asking you a silly question? No, I mean, it's a good question, but it's up to the, it's, it's entirely up to the rider, right? Like you can control it. So you can, there's different modes for the assist. So you can turn it up to what's called turbo mode. So that's maximum assist, uh, eco mode, which is, you know, you can adjust how much assist is in eco mode. And then, um, you can turn it into, or sport mode, rather eco mode and then off. So you can turn the assist off. So now you're just riding a bicycle. And so these new ones, the new road bike is fairly light, like it's 27 pounds or just under 27 pounds. So, which is like the equivalent of riding a heavy road bike. Sure, sure. So like you, you could just ride that under your own power, you know, no problem. If I were riding it, um, I would likely have it on eco mode for most of the time. And then I would turn that shit all the way up when I was going <laughs> up a big, big climb, right? Just to like get up the climb and, and whatever. And then obviously you're not, you're not using the assist uh on the way down because it tops out the assist tops out at 28 miles an hour so as soon as you go over yeah. 28 it's it's no longer assisting you and you know as you know like going down a descent you're doing 30 35 40 45 yeah, miles an hour so you're wasting energy at that point right but yeah yeah so so it totally depends right it'll depend on uh it'll depend on the rider depends on the terrain so if you're up here in vermont and you're doing like some big climbs and all that stuff yeah, you're probably going to use more of the assist. If you're out in like Cape Cod, you're probably not going to use as much assist because it's flat as hell. So, so you're taking a shot depends. at Cape Cod right now? Is that what you're saying? I mean, how else are you going to get away from those great white sharks? You need an electric <laughs> bike, obviously. Oh, man. So it, it's interesting to me because it's just like a whole new – I feel like the – the I, you work in the bike industry and uh, at least our one listener also does – but uh, like, there's the, the metrics say we have m many more than him. But I'm just saying we're not sure how many times he puts it on his laundry room and leaves. And that well, he's the, you know what? He's the only one. He's the only one that's emailed. So all you other listeners out there, yeah, drop us an email. email. Let us know what's up. 
Give yeah. us some shit to talk about. We'll make it happen. Drop a line, y'all. We, we're, we're, we're easy to talk to. Like, the last guy ended up on the show. So, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty cash. But, uh, it could be you. It could, <laughs> it be, could you. be you. But on the last note, so I, I didn't follow all the threads uh, when you were on Facebook talking about this e-bike stuff and trails, specifically, I think, off-road trails uh, with people that we mutually know in New England was, was what would you rate the general gist of the response you got pro or against that? Like what, what level did you get from people? I mean, I think that I kind of went looking for a fight, which is fine. Uh, <laughs> so if you've ever followed me on social media, I'm the, I'm the kind of guy who says, fuck ketchup, prove me wrong. <laughs> so I'm with you know you. what? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, uh, I mean, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty against some guys are neutral. I would say like in my general travels and people that I talk to riders and, and people at the stores and things like that, it's, it's really like, I think there's like 30% of the people that I speak with are like really adamantly against e-bikes. And I honestly, I feel like a lot of that is emotional and, there's that whole idea of like you're cheating what you're cheating yeah. at. I have no idea. Like, well, it, it, feel, it feels to me just as a speculate speculative onlooker that there's like uh, having been a part of that community in a more major way at one point in my life, I feel like there is this like just ego driven aspect of, distance and effort and I did this and I and if somebody comes in and they're using some artificial method to do what I did it devalues what I did and then it's like I don't want people in my space doing this devalued version of my thing which I think is is like a real conservative clinging to the old way mentality but you kind of get where it comes from where it's like well I did the time trial in this amount of time and now you're coming in with all this bullshit aerodynamic equipment and you do it faster, but are you better than me? No. And you get that argument, right? Like, Oh, totally. It's apples to oranges. That's a good example. Where like, yeah, the guy beat me in the time trial with some bullshit stuff I can't afford. Is he better than me? I don't know. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yep. 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 But that doesn't Uh, mean that you should stop making aerodynamic equipment. You know? Yeah, it's just it's just like I don't know, like mountain biking. I've been riding mountain bikes for a really long time, and you should get off. You, know, you should wait. get off because it's going to interfere with the podcast. <laughs> oh god, that was that was terrible. Um, <laughs> I love how bad it was. I'm sorry. <laughs> brutal. Um, uh, you know, like, like, uh, it, it, mountain biking originally was a, was a very challenging sport. And, and with a bit of a masculinity for, issue, maybe, I guess, with this stuff, like, oh, you can't bring a motor in here. What do you, you know? Well, sure. Trying to, right? trying like, to like not work. Like, like, in my mind, it's, it's like the same thing that happened the first time somebody put a chairlift at a mountain, you know, like, <laughs> like, Oh, now all these schlubs can ride the chairlift to the top. You used to have to hike to the top. If you wanted to ski down, it's like, sure. yeah, well, you know what? Who gives a shit? Because 
it's like more these people just want to go out on the yeah, they just want to go have fun. Like, yeah. get fucked. They just want to. They just want to have fun. So, <laughs> I'm on um, your. I think I'm on your side. I didn't. I honestly didn't have a pin, an opinion coming into this, but I don't really see what's wrong with. I mean, here's the thing. I would say, if if there was a land use issue, if these bikes somehow caused damage or uh, did something to the land use that you could make a real legitimate argument about, then I might be willing to listen to that. But if it's just they're different and I don't like them around. That's an argument I typically don't support in any area. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, it's proven. They have done, they have done tests. The bikes do not Im- impact any additional damage to trails than a regular bike does. Yeah. They, they already, think, they've done, they've done studies. And so. I think we can safely say at this point, talk show endorses e-bikes. Let's move on. <laughs> Uh, all right, great. Well, that brings us to our next question, Scott. How's the training going? Oh, dear Lord. Uh, good, but this week is not good. And this week is only not good because I have family in town and I'm having a fantastic week with family uh, that I took a week off. They're here and I need to like really uh, – it's been so great. Like seeing family – you know, you had a family week recently. It's, it, it's really great. Uh, did a couple home improvement tasks. <laughs> Get into that later. But uh, the running has, has tapered a bit for a couple of days, but it's got to really jump up uh, starting uh, Tuesday because I'm working Sunday and Monday. And then starting Tuesday and into next week, I got to kind of like jump back into speed. So it's we're we're on a, a not a complete lull, but a sort of a lull. <laughs> So that's all right. That's all just right. the honest answer, man. Not gonna, not gonna give you a lie. They're not gonna give you two lifts and a lie there. But <laughs> hey, I appreciate. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Family that's stuff good. makes it hard, man. And I, I think you've, you, when you were on your family week where we couldn't podcast, I think you were still hitting up the gym and stuff. So I, you maybe get some bonus points. I don't know. I was still, tra- I was still training. I also have like a like a chemical imbalance in my brain that if. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. So, <laughs> um, you may, <laughs> but, uh, uh, if I don't, I mean, this used to happen too when I was like racing bikes, like if I don't ride or if I don't run or if I don't train in some capacity, it has, it has a ripple effect on the, on the rest of my, uh, life. So it's pretty important that I keep moving, uh, sure. somewhat regularly. Yeah. I, I think I'm on that team too. I think I just, you know, I I also, you know, I think we both have uh, a touch of the personality type where you kind of, if there was 50 hours in the day, you'd find a way to fill it with stuff that you want to do. And it might not all be the same stuff, but you'd build something or you'd run or you'd spend time with your family. But there isn't enough hours in the day, man. No, believe, yeah. (laughs) It is. True. So I'm indulging uh, myself with some family time and I'll have to pay for that next week. Cause I'm going to have to up my distance and time spent running next week. So you, next week's episode, you'll get to hear me so tired uh, that you'll, I'll likely not be able to articulate myself. Well, <laughs> Oh, I did go on. I didn't I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast. I went on a, a like a two hour long trail run last week. Uh, you know, five or six days ago on the green belt here in Austin. <laughs> Which is like, for people in Austin who hear this, you know, you'll get it. It's the green belt. 
but it's 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 a trail system that basically is an out and back seven mile trail one way seven mile north south and or south north whatever um so you could do 14 if you did a round trip i guess but um it it is a continuous trail but it also is marked in this way where if you're not really attentive, you could get off the main trail. And some people do that on purpose, like mountain bikers in particular will get onto the main trail and then find these, I call them the B trails or the B level trails where it's like, it's not, you know, just a simple running or biking trail. It's, it gets more complicated. <laughs> and um, I'm right. Right. And they're probably, probably a little rogue and, and whoever built them or whatever. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. it can, it can be pretty dicey there. So anyway, I was trying to do the main trail and I was trying to do a couple hours on the main trail, but I inadvertently went up a B trail that looked familiar to me because I had mountain biked on it before, but I had not run up it before. Anyway, I ended up way up the side of this cliff. Then I ended up on this, this almost like private beach area, like with beautiful, like access to water and some, some climbing hills looked really great but i ended up in this area where i could not get out of it without like kind of climbing a lot and i was like it stopped being a run and it started being like kind of a complicated hike <laughs> and it was very <laughs> very yeah. annoying and it took a long time to get back onto the main trail so i spent two hours in the woods and i don't even know what percentage of the time i was running i was working hard the whole time <laughs> but a lot of it wasn't really running so i mean i i legitimately think that the most important thing to do leading into the race is is really just time on your feet you know like active you just need to be ready to be on your feet for 10 11 12 hours like whatever it is you know yeah it's, it's not like whatever maybe you weren't running all the time you're walking you're hiking you're moving like you're still on your feet so i, I think that's all that's certified. That's all good. Uh, and I was actually climbing some rocks and, and trying to figure out where the hell I was, which was embarrassing because I've done the green belt so many times, either by bike or by foot, and I still get lost there periodically. And I passed the place I mean, where I, I once talked to Lance Armstrong. So, you know, RIP to his. Did you, did you stop? Did you stop for a moment and just like, you know, like point your fingers to the sky, like, thank you, baby Cheez Its? No, I spit on the ground and was like, doper, you know, something like that. <laughs> shit was an e-bike that's what i said i read i rode by that spot and i said that shit was an e-bike goddamn e-bike you got an e-bike <laughs> can't believe it and it, it wasn't even a special apparently if it was a specialized i might have been okay with it but it would probably apparently wasn't. there's some drop there's some there's some hot and bothered drama because lance armstrong has been commentating on the tour de france is that true so. i did not know that uh that's what i i you know I, I might just be talking shit right now um so man him as a let me take a moment it's is kind of a move well he has his podcast right i don't know i haven't listened to it have you no but i'm pretty sure that he does have a podcast <laughs> yeah that sounds like a thing he had a rate he had didn't he have a satellite radio show or something like that like, oh, is it a satellite radio show? Maybe. Well, no, I think at one point he actually like played music, like played like DJ. No, he so didn't. I think he did. No, he didn't. D DJ uh, DJ Dope, I think was his DJ DJ Dope DJ Dope guy or something like that. Oh, listen, all right, listen to this. So Armstrong has a podcast called The Move. The Move. Yeah, and, and so he's been covering each stage of the Tour de France and giving commentary on it, and then. 
He's also been featured on NBC Sportnet, Sports Network's live daily coverage, which apparently has been very controversial because people are like, fuck this doper, get him off my TV. Damn. So, Damn. I mean, he, he, can do, he can do whatever he wants on his... Um, oh, so what's funny on this Cycling News article is they used the picture of him winning the World Championship, which has nothing to do with the Tour de France. Yeah, so or, or even kind of arguably, or even doping, because I don't think anyone's really accused him at that stage in his career of having been doping. So I don't know. I could be, uh, I could, I could be wrong about that. That's not a fact. You are, you are in. Yeah, you are wrong about that. Okay, take it back. Alleged, allegedly, he started doping when he was eighteen. He won the world championships when he was, I think, twenty-three, which made him the youngest ever winner of the world championships. Wow. And when we say doping at that point, do they theorize he was using like an EPO substance or? or, or no, but it's it? probably like testosterone and, and whatever else. Damn. Damn. Hey, you know what? So, though? Uh, he made some money that he doesn't have anymore, probably. So I guess that's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think actually somebody told me that he was a huge investor in Uber. Oh, I can believe that. There were some celebrities that invested in Uber. That's I've heard that before. I think that was right. And so, oh yeah, Lance Armstrong investment in Uber. It comes right up. It's now worth three billion dollars, apparently. Well, that worked out okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's probably he probably made some money off of that. I guess I don't know. I don't know what it's really it says, worth, but we'll see. Oh no, it says it says here he put in in two thousand nine. He invested a hundred k, hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and now uh, and now it is worth. 20 million. So he must have done okay. I still, I still think, I think he's that, uh, I think that worked out. Yeah, I don't know. I, okay, so let's, wait, we're, last topic, because I got to wrap up. I have family. I have to yeah, continue. let's hit it. But uh, while we're on the topic of Lance and the tour and all that, I thought it'd be interesting, just because, like, two, two things real quick. Do you know anything about this year's tour? Have you watched it at all in any capacity? Yeah, I know that Peter Sagan is still a boss, and he won a stage the other day handily in nice. a sprint. Nice. Um, I know that uh, a guy named Viviani won a sprint prior to that, and I know that there was a rest day, and they gave all the guys the new electric road bike, and they all went for like a recovery ride on the electric road bike, which is super funny. Um, <laughs> I like that. That's cool. And I also know that the most important or exciting thing that is happening in road racing this year is that the two best cyclocross racers in the world are having surprising and dominating performances. So Wout, Wout Van Aert, who is a multi-time cyclocross world champion, uh, won a sprint stage yesterday and everybody wow. was like, the fuck? Who's this guy? <laughs> Who's this guy? He's and he's super young. I think he's like 22, 23 years old. He's young. So awesome. Good for him. Very good. For him. Uh, Bringing it. That's about it. Like I couldn't tell you who's who's leading. I have no idea. Yeah, no, um, I don't know anything about it. But I'm gonna. I, I got to run out of the room for one second. I'm gonna come right back. So what I'm gonna make you do, and I'm gonna have to listen to it in my headphones later. <laughs> Because I want you to tell the audience, I'll, I'll do one too, a favorite memory from the tour past. Like some memory from the tour that when you think about bike racing, you like to think about that moment. Go. 
Okay. I think, uh, I mean, my favorite tour uh, memory, I think my favorite tour rider anyway from years past is still Marco Pantani, who's a little Italian guy, sadly, since passed away on Valentine's Day. Um, but it's an obviously a known uh, doper. <laughs> so let's not make any assumptions there. Pantani was the last professional racer to win both the Giro d'Italia and the Tour de France in the same year, 1998. Um, and he, uh, you know, he gave Armstrong a run for his money on a number of the climbs back in the day, late nineties, early two thousands. And he was just, a, he was so a do we beast. get, do we, do we get the moment? Awesome. Is it still happening? Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, it's, I was just, I was just wrapping up about Pantani. Oh, can you give me a nutshell, like five seconds? Marco Pantani was a boss. He was the last guy to win the Giro and the Tour in the same year, which is 1998. Okay, accept or deny. Your your earring style for a while was, was derived partly from Marco Pantani. I'll have you know, Scott, <laughs> that <laughs> okay. the, uh, the earrings that I had back then <laughs> in approximately... The year 1998. Still, no. Is that right? No, it could, be 20 years ago, 15. I, that can't I, be right. I met you in that general time frame, but not then. All right. Anyway, my point is, <laughs> I still have the same earrings. Yes. I've literally never taken them out. It, wow. So now like you like in the I don't know how old they, they're like eighteen years old at this point. I've they've never come out of my ears. But you probably couldn't take them out at this point. Well, they're actually so they're they're hoops with a ball, but the ball is clamped in. They're not like some earrings. The ball is threaded in, so you can take them out. Okay. This one's clamped in. I don't even know how you would go about removing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an option at this point. <laughs> it's so, okay. it's okay. We honestly, honestly, I I typically forget that I even have them. We we like you the way you are. It's fine. I think I think the right. the, the, the audience, including Matt, <laughs> Noel, would agree that we like them. Great, great. All right. Well, hit us with your favorite Tour de France memory then. You know I, that part of the reason I asked you is because I think a lot of mine are ruined. Like I, I, some of the ones I remember, unfortunately, like it or not, do come from the Lance era um, because that's kind of when I started watching bike racing. I, I didn't really know about it before that too much, but um, you know, like I remember the year that uh, Floyd Landis rode that crazy ride that for one day was the craziest thing that ever happened in cycling until we realized he cheated. And so it's like days like that. I remember when that happened, you, 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 now you have to separate it from what you know about it afterwards. But when that happened, that was like one of the craziest things you'd, you could ever have seen. Do you remember what I mean? The stage when he just like destroyed everybody solo and it was like, what's even happening? Yeah. And uh, well, he won, he technically won the tour that year because of that ride. And then a few days later, um, he unwon the tour. <laughs> the, the, the other shoe drop. So that's. I feel like I was a big fan during, and I, you know, I still check in at times. But my big fandom of cycling, unfortunately, was just so tainted that if you ask me my top five favorite moments, they'd probably all be like that. Like Tyler, 
Hamilton riding with the broken arm to a stage one, like stuff like that, where it's like, it seems so amazing in the moment and it, the, the shine got taken off of it. So it's, it's unfortunate. Well, cause if I had to name one that was just purely definitively untainted by the history of the sport at that time, I'm not sure what it would be. You know what I mean? Like I love to watch Chris Horner race on the American circuit and the times that he was racing in the big leagues. I don't remember how his career ended. Did he get tainted too? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, he was part of the, I don't know. He was part of the, he like kind of skirted by it all. Yeah. But I mean, he had a tremendous career, but there's a certain point with these endurance athletes where you have to wonder like, you know, how much can you do? Without, I guess. But anyway, my favorite tour moments were watching the tour uh, in Providence at like Legend Bikes or different public places where I got to watch it with friends, other people's houses. Those are my favorite memories if I have to give a real answer. It's just like the feeling of watching the tour with friends who understood the sport was really fun. Um, Do you have any favorite bike racers from that history that time in history um uh i'm gonna mess up everybody's names because it's been off my mind for a while but i always really liked and again i think this guy got tainted but i really liked oh i just thought of a better answer but vinokurov was what i was gonna say oh shit that's who i was gonna say i just looked i just looked him up (laughs) vinokurov was entertaining as hell and i was always a fan of that guy um and yeah. then uh, yeah. there's yeah. another guy from, like, I want to say Switzerland or the Netherlands who's a tremendous, and his name is just skirting my mind. Hans Voigt. Uh, Thor, Thor? Oh, Hans, Jans Voigt? Jans Voigt, yeah. Tremendous, <laughs> right? Jans, well, he, um, I think he's German. Yeah, he's probably German. I think I was, like, kind of gobbling him in another person in my mind for a minute. But but I yeah, that, that he is, is who he I is meant. German. Yeah. yeah, he's famous for saying "shut up, legs." Yeah, <laughs> and and just like doing dumb things in races that somehow worked out for him sometimes and other times didn't, and he didn't seem that bothered by it. And also the time he got really yeah. really hurt and then would like do social media things from his hospital bed where he's like, "Everything's great, super great." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Super. It's all super good. It's super good. You'd uh-huh. be like, this uh-huh. guy's tremendous. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. Cool. What else we got? Is that it? I think that's I think it. We hit for, all our topics we, today. We, we broke an hour already. We got some ish, some things to talk about coming up. I do want to do a segment with you uh, on the next episode. We can, we can text each other about this. But I've got an idea for a segment. I'm going to tease it right now called Chomp or Stomp. Okay. So chomp or stomp. Chomp okay. or stomp. So if it's a chomp, it, we're going to taste test a snack. Now we're in different cities, so we have to pick the snack separately and then both have that snack. But the goal will okay. be that uh, we decide if it's a, a snack we would like to chomp or like to stomp <laughs> based on whether <laughs> we like it or dislike it. Okay. All so, right. So I that, can do it. That'll be it. a segment on an uncom- upcoming episode of the talk show. But okay, last thing to check in on, parenting-wise, anything new or different going on uh, with your parenting situation? I know Edie is. I've, I saw some pictures recently. Was she sick recently? Oh yeah, she had a little cold. She's fine. She bounced back over the weekend. Nice. Um, 
no, no, no major. Yeah, I don't think any major updates on that. Pretty, pretty static totally cool. quote here. Totally cool. The only major update yeah. I have for you is that I feel like I can now comfortably say that Oliver is fully potty trained. And, um, oh, well and, done. and pretty much number one and number two, both. And, uh, but the funny thing is up until <laughs> two nights ago, number one was kind of, he learned it in a seated position. He has a little potty and he can get onto an adult toilet if he needs to. And he would just kind of like sure. pee in the seated position. Just put it that way. The other night he woke me up. He was co-sleeping that particular night and he woke me up and he said, Dada, I, I gotta go potty. And I was like, whoa, okay, cool. So, you know, it's good that he didn't have an accident. He told me. So I was like, let's go. We went to the guest bathroom where his potty is. And, but I really had to pee at the same time. <laughs> so I was like, well, you get ready to pee. Cause he likes to do everything independently. So, but in the meantime, I turned and I peed standing up and he eyeballed that for a second and he turned around and was like, I'm being standing up. <laughs> this is time. He's no. like, he's like, bro, I got this. Bro, I got this. And he turned around and just lit it up like pee everywhere. Like just was not. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, so, well, you know, good effort. Good effort. No, man, he, he, he swung for the fences and he missed a bit, but no disrespect. <laughs> right. It's all good. It's all good. Um, all right. So the one criticism that Matt Nell he's giving me about the show okay i want to hear it uh is is that we never we never give our uh social media things at the end oh so, god he's really smart i i was thinking that the other day yeah. we've never mentioned that we have an instagram maybe ever maybe once right well i think we did on the, the first episode yeah so you can follow us on instagram at talk show t-a-c-s-h-o you can also hit up the hashtag complicated squat squad <laughs> bring it <laughs> and uh any complaints you can email to scotty at talkshow.com also i am scotty or scott on instagram and i don't know if adam wants to give his out should we give matt's out just to, to really stress him out <laughs> oh i think actually i think my instagram is is private but you can hit me up on at shorthand shovel on Instagram. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do a whole segment on that next episode. I I was gonna try to make a transition to talk about IRR earlier, but I get this. Well, this, it's it's appropriate. We'll talk about it next week because the event is taking place on July twenty seventh, which is next Saturday. Oh wow, really? I didn't know you did that. I guess I assumed you did that in a different month of the year, but I've never been up there during it. So July, man, it's the time to do it. Can we do a pre or post or both episode next week? So people can hear yeah, what, can what it is, what it's like, and then maybe you could even grab a knucklehead afterwards that wants to talk. Yeah, they're all pretty shattered and shelled at that point, so probably not. <laughs> but yeah, we can we can do it before and after. Is our yeah, friend do that. is our we'll friend Noah gonna do that by any chance? Uh no, he has not returned since the one year he attempted it. Okay, I was just so. joking. Shout out to, I, to I think, uh, shout out to our friend Noah, that, who who you know courage for even trying it. <laughs> well, I would say Noah is he ranks among the some of the smarter folks because he came, he attempted, he was like, "This is ridiculous," and then he wisely has never returned. And so <laughs> uh, he, might, I think that's that's a good decision. It's possible that he's the champion. 
I mean, it's also possible that he's still out there somewhere. You know, it's, it's <laughs> trying hard to, say. to finish it. He's still somewhere on the course from nine years ago. <laughs> trying to say. So yeah, we'll we'll give a we'll give a whole rundown on that thing for sure. Okay, we're gonna so. do that next week. Uh, we're gonna do chomp or stomp. We got a whole lineup coming at you. At this point, though, I think we have to declare that this podcast has ended. But it's going peace. Hell yeah! Good talking to you, buddy. All right, see ya. Bye. Did you expect anything less? <laughs> Five million points. All of the points for me. Five point five. Noel. Yeah, that's when people get my name wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, tough. It I'm Newell. So so it's Newell. Oh well, you think? Yeah, Newell. Very okay. Very simple. I, I like it. I like simple is good. I, I, I was shying away from saying it on the last episode because I was sure Adam was going to lead me into a trap of some kind or insulted no, your no, entire no family. family. <laughs> no, that's okay. You insult, insult away. No, there's not. <laughs> no, it's a simple name, but like it's, it's it growing up, like high school and like grade school, college, like nobody could say it right? because they want to separate. They want to say like me well or new well. They actually want to pronounce well. It's just new. Gotcha. Solid. Adam St. Germain. It's like, it's yeah, like five names in one. It's like a whole other thing. Yeah, but he's got the saint in his name, though, but he does not live up to that, that, uh, that terminology. <laughs> hey, man. Like, like that time I found, uh, was it, is it St. Germain, Wisconsin, or St. Germain, Michigan? Like, oh. in the UP. <laughs> so there is let's kick us out of the room wait there's <laughs> someone coming to your door right now out. I'm so confused <laughs> so we're staying so we're at, we're at North Star and like a lot of people are leaving today so that like, there's a lot of like people are checking out but we have some people staying for tomorrow's race or through the weekend and like Adam's room Adam and Pat are staying I think through like tomorrow or Sunday or Monday, but like nobody knows if we're supposed to, if they're supposed to change rooms or not. (laughs) Adam's room is like a hot spot right now. It is. Oh shit. (laughs) And every, there is, there is so much shit in this room. Wow.
Oh, I've no, traveled with Adam before. I know, I know what it's, I know what it's fine means. It's, it's fine means everything he owns is everywhere. <laughs> I, I, yeah, like, I it, like a bomb went off in his suitcase. I've been with this guy before. <laughs> that's like my room. That's why I can't keep track of room. That's why I can't hold on to roommates is because I, I, everything just explodes when I unpack my bag. <laughs> Adam's the guy who takes the cyclocross bike in the shower with him. He just does the whole thing. Yeah, let's, hey, well, there's nothing wrong with that. I have done that as well. It's, it's a I good move. That, I'm like, not saying it's a bad move, but it's, it's, a, it's a confirmed bachelor move. <laughs> you don't want your wife to see yeah, you doing that. One of the... Hell yeah, the hotel. I'm, I'm pulling that move real quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one of the... <laughs> well, I wasn't going to bring that up. Which is, but... why I'm, which is why I'm sitting in a corner of a bedroom in the same in the same uh, you know hotel room as you. In a yeah, what is it? It's a little cove. <laughs> Fucking weird. It's called being. Nebulous, it's called right? being a guest on the talk show. <laughs> That's what it's called. Oh yeah. We ask that you uh, sit it's, in a it's, cove it's, in a room and and just manage your voice. Okay.